Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the 2023 MLB Winter Meetings on MS9 Live. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, as always, Jim Rosati. What's up, Jim? What's going on? A lot. Happy day three of the winter meetings. I'm excited. This is a good time. It's been, uh, so this is my first time here. Um, had no idea what to expect. And it's kind of crazy because not a whole lot of stuff actually happened. Right. But um, just an absolutely incredible experience. Uh, just it, It's a who's who of Major League Baseball here. Uh, we got to, to see every single person you could think of from baseball Twitter. Uh, we got to, to meet up with, you know, obviously, all of the Pittsburgh guys who are here covering the Pirates. Um, got to meet up with some some national beat writers, some past podcast guests. So, yeah, it was, it's, it's been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It definitely has. Mm-hmm. It definitely has. And, again, like you mentioned, like, not a lot happened. And this isn't just, like, Pirates related. Like, we understand a whole lot didn't happen Pirates. Though, they did make a trade. So, like, that was more than I think we kind of felt was going to happen. Uh, but, like, think about nationally. Like, what really did happen here amongst MLB? Like, I feel like the winter meetings have been, like, either – they're very hit or miss. Like, a lot of stuff has happened in the winter meetings, and then you get duds. And this time was kind of a dud. Now, like, the Juan Soto trade seems like it's happened. It's not official yet. Right? Nothing with Shohei. And like, honestly, like, the Marco Gonzalez trade was, like, the highlight of all the winter meetings, it seems. The Marco <laughs> Gonzalez trade twice. Marco Twice. Gonzalez was basically the main character this week. He was right. traded on Sunday night along with Jared Kalanick uh, and then traded last night uh, in the wee hours of the night. We were we were having dinner. We were with Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette when, when, the, when the news happened. Uh, Jeff Passan tweeted it out. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, we got to stop what we're doing. We got to – we got uh, he, he cranked out, you know, uh, uh, he cranked out a report. Uh, he confirmed it right there with us. Uh, then we went out and reported our live rapid reaction to right? it. So it was uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So, like, the environment, just just really cool. You know, and like I said, I don't know if we talk about this out and about, like, on the camera, but behind the scenes, I said, like, I'm not sure what to really expect because, like, I felt like COVID changed some things. This is how it's, like, this is how I remember when I used to go, like, with Ryan a few times. So, like, yeah, it's just awesome. Like, everyone's out and about. You're just seeing everyone mingle. I mean, you're talking about, like, beat writers, national people, ex-players, current players, agents. I mean, just whatever. And everyone's just yeah. talking. Like, it, it was just, like, a really cool environment. And, yeah. I mean, hopefully you all have been watching along, too. But, like, the content we've been able to put out and do here has been really awesome. Yeah. And, and like, just this place in general. First off, if you haven't watched our the, the, the interview that you did with Steven Nesbitt, he kind of goes into it. Read Stephen Nesbitt's article, too, on The Athletic. It kind of describes this place perfectly. It's this just giant – it's like being on a cruise ship, but you're not at sea. Like, you're – this place is huge. Yeah. There's restaurants and bars everywhere. There are people everywhere. There's hotel rooms. There's lights. There's Christmas decorations everywhere. There's a – like, while we're sitting here, you'll see boats pass us by, <laughs> like – Right there's a little canal right behind us. You'll right. see boats. Um, this place is wild. Uh, you think you're outside, but we're inside. You just look up. There's the sky, but it's uh, it's it's you know it's glass windows. Um, but it's it's a pretty cool atmosphere. The the whole Christmassy theme kind of coincides with the winter meetings. 
Uh, and it's pretty neat. Like you're just walking around and you look to your left and there's Ben Sherrington having lunch with Oscar Marine. You look to your right and there's Jeff Passan on his phone, ducking behind a pillar. He's behind a pillar. I don't know how many <laughs> times I've seen Jeff Passan like duck behind a pillar somewhere on his phone. But we, we talk next year's content is a counter of how many times we see Jeff Passan behind a pillar. Yeah, we're going to have to record it and just be like one, two, because it's been it, uh, it, over a handful of times right. we've seen it. Or um, just like John Heyman, just absent mindedly like where no one else is like yeah. all like the gms are having like yeah. a whole conference meeting all the writers are there and like jeff or jeff john Heyman is like walking around by himself if there's a dark corner that you see 90 percent chance that john Heyman is just lurking in the dark corner. <laughs> right right and he's just like wearing his pajamas like <laughs> <laughs> the guy's wearing like sweatpants and like a baggy t-shirt it's it's just it's wild. There's, and Jeff Passon's wearing a $10,000 suit every time. Oh, he obvious. John Heyman lurking in the corners in the dark, just not saying a word to anybody. It's it's a pretty cool right. atmosphere. And then there's Ken Rosenthal just like walking around, trying not to be noticed, I feel like. like yeah. He's like, don't look at me. I got work to do. Just doing <laughs> laps. The whole MLB network crew's here. Um, you got the ESPN guys. You've got, like I said, a lot of the athletic uh, reporters. It's yeah, it's just cool. I mean, everybody's just all in one spot. And, you, you know, we've ran into – I've probably seen every major league manager here, uh, seen every GM walking around. Um, you've got, you know, front office people. I mean, it, it, this is a job fair too. So, right. you know, you've got ticket office people, baseball ops people, analysts. Like, there's interviews going on. Every time we sit down, there's five interviews going on around us. So, it's just – it's a – it's neat. If you haven't been here before, it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah, like I want to put it that way. I mean, I wouldn't like vacation to the winter meetings. You I know what I mean? No. But what I'll say is like if you're a baseball fan and you see them here, right? And, like if it happens to be in your city or if you just happen to be in the city that it's in, like it's an experience. You know, again, like you mentioned, like people are just walking around. All the guys you see on TV, baseball execs, like whatever, just walking around, you're bumping elbows with them. Like, it's a pretty cool experience. And then like, you get to watch, like, MLB Network do their shows, like, live, real time. So it's kind of cool to see, like, behind-the-scenes experience on that. Um, so, yeah, like, like as, like, a normal person, as a fan, like, that's it's a pretty cool experience to see. But, like, again, like, I wouldn't plan, like, a vacation around the winter meetings unless you're, like, a real nerd. Yeah, like, if we weren't <laughs> doing stuff while we were here, right? it would be really boring. It would also be really weird. Yeah, it would be a little – but – there are fans here. I mean, there's autograph collectors here. I mean, there. Yeah. So there's there's a pretty big mix of people, but um, yeah, we've been we've been busy. It's been like today, as we've been back to back to back talking with people all day. It's been it's been heavy. right. And like, I do want to give a special shout out too. Like, shout out to Alex Stone for Jason Mackey and John Prada. You know, we've been hanging out with them all weekend. They've been helping. You know, we've got them on them every day doing a recap. Um, awesome guys, awesome guys. So yeah. appreciate everything you guys have done. You guys are awesome. But uh, with that said, let's maybe talk about talk about what happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I guess again, like day one Sunday. Well, let's go back a little bit. We were here Saturday. We didn't really talk too much about this. We were here Saturday. Let's figure. Let's get here beforehand. Experience Nashville a little bit. It's kind of fun. Uh, but then, like Sunday night before, like the winter meetings actually started, there was the Marco Gonzalez, Jared Kellenic trade. We talked about it on Starbucks. And then we mentioned like you know like why weren't the Pirates involved in this? You know, like, that's all the needs. Now, I know Evan White's not maybe the sexiest person. Kalnick is, like, whatever. 
you know, that's you don't need them. That's nice to have. But like Martha Gonzalez, like you need you need starters. Yep. They made the deal. Then rumors came out that the Braves were looking to flip him. Pirates landed him. Yeah, I, I and and thanks to Ethan Houlihan, you're in the comments here too, so I know you're watching. But yeah, also um, shout out to Ethan. You always. know, did a great job with the the money kind of exchanging hands there. So just to kind of recap that portion, uh, Marco Gonzalez is due to make twelve point two five million dollars this year. However, since he's been traded twice, he's gotten two two hundred fifty thousand dollar assignment bonuses. So he's actually going to make twelve point seven five million. Um, one of those $250,000 signing bonuses need to be paid by the Pirates, um, but the, the Braves are sending the Pirates uh, $9.25 million uh, in cash to cover a lot of that deal. So you're looking at an overall net spend for the Pirates of you know, a little bit over $2.5 million, basically added to the annual payroll with this deal. And I get it, Marco Gonzalez isn't the sexiest name, um, but... When you can add an arm like that to your rotation for right. for less than three million dollars, um, that's a win. Like the guy's a major league starting pitcher, didn't pitch that well last year, but he was injured. But you look at all the previous seasons with him; he was more than capable. If you look at the you know the underlying data, yeah, he he outperformed his peripherals, but he's been outperforming his peripherals for his entire career. So I feel like when you know when you see a pitcher and he, they do that year after year after year. There's a reason for that. You know, he gets soft contact. He's able to locate his pitches. Um, like I said, not not necessarily the most exciting move, but it's a move that the Pirates had to make. And you feel a lot better now going into the rest of this offseason, knowing that you now got at least a second major league starter. You didn't even spend more than three million dollars on it. So now you've got you've got more money to play with now to build out this rotation, maybe acquire a first baseman. Um, but like I said, a lot of things that they still need to do. But I feel like that's a good first step to set things up down the road. So, like, your operative board, excitement. You know, like, right, like, Pirates fans shouldn't be excited that it's happened. It's, it's not where, hey, Marco Gonzalez is a pirate. Everyone throw your hands up in the air. Let's celebrate, right? But, like, what you're seeing is they made a move. They got someone who is, again, like we talk about, an established major league pitcher. Like, he's been there, done that, right? So, when you have a situation where you need at least four starters to even complete a rotation, adding a Marco Gonzalez as one of your five, it, it's fine. You're, like, you're, you're starting to get there. More needs to be done, right? Like the exciting move still needs to happen, but at least you're starting to see the rotation being built. Okay. But what I put like my takeaway on this as well, you mentioned the money part. That's the biggest thing with this. Like they got a Marco Gonzalez where we talked about, like, if he's on the free agent market right now, is he getting maybe $10 million, $8 million? Probably. You get him for under three, that gives you more flexibility to spend on that person that's more exciting. I'm not saying it's like Eduardo is coming to Pittsburgh, but, like, that's what it opens up. It gives you that option to say, hey, you know what, maybe let's go get that better option that could bring excitement. So now you have Mitch, you have B, and then Marco's there, and you start filling this rotation. You know, so like, again, that's why I think this is a win. It's not that I'm excited that Marco Gonzalez is a pirate, but he is established. He fits as a, a fine number five at this point in time, but by getting him by only that much money, enables you to go out for better. Yeah, I mean, if you could, if you would have told me that you could add a, a major league starter essentially right now to your rotation for $3 million, like, 
I don't care who it is, like you're doing that. Right, right, right. The, the Pirates <laughs> literally have one currently. Um, and now they've got two, and they they basically got him for free. So, um, yeah, I think this opens up a lot of possibilities. I mean, if it's me, right, I'm going after an Eduardo Rodriguez type now because now you can sort of do the math in your head. If you – this is hypothetical here. You you give Eduardo Rodriguez a $20 million a year deal. You just added Eduardo Rodriguez and Marco Gonzalez now for $23 million. Right. Uh, which – I think if, if anybody would have been given that opportunity, you'd, you'd take that in a heartbeat. So, uh, like I said, a lot of, lot of opportunities that this opens up. Uh, they still have a lot of holes to fill, especially in that rotation. Uh, but they've got one less to fill now, and they were able to do it without really giving up anything. Right. Other than and, just a tiny bit of cash. And again, let's talk about money. And Ethan, you're in here, so of course, correct me if I need to be corrected. But like with, with Kutch baked into about five million, you know, let's take out Kutch. Okay, without cuts right now, by adding Marco, and if you went after an Eduardo, your 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 payroll for this year is still about seventy five million dollars. We add a cut and think it'd be about five million. You're still right under eighty million probably. So you've you've went ahead and added an established, good quality starting pitcher, Eduardo Rodriguez, and then you went and got Marco. There's three guys now. You need two more. You're still right under eighty million. Like you maybe get a Jack Flaherty for. Is going to cost you eight million? So you're at around eighty-five to eighty-eight million dollars in that price range about adding him. Like, you still have a lot of flexibility in this. You know what I mean? And now you're starting to see, like, hey, you know what? We're starting to get a major league baseball team that can actually compete in 2024, even while seeing what the Reds are doing, what the Cardinals are doing. You know, the Brewers are still up there. Like, we don't know what they're exactly doing yet, right? So, like, you're starting to feel better about this upcoming year. And you're still well with within a hundred million dollars, Jim. You're We're well not even talking about 120. We're talking about a hundred million. Yeah, you're well within. According to Ethan's uh, spreadsheet, um, estimated 2024 payroll right now, just under 58 million dollars. Um, so that's the, the the current projected payroll as it current as it stands. And and again, but that's also with Kutch, right? That's with Kutch, right? Yeah, that's adding Kutch. Right. So no cuts. You're looking at that being less than fifty three million dollars right now. Right. And then you this is, like, you've added that picture. So you you have some room to work. With. So, again, like that's why I really like the Marco trade. It gives you the options to go out there and get what you really need, not just settle, but say we want to compete. Let's do it. Yeah, it, it's hard to it's hard to complain about this trade. I think if you're if you're looking to complain about it, you just want to complain. Um, there's, there's just fair. <laughs> there's just not a whole lot to dislike. Yeah. There's just not a whole lot to dislike about this. Neil asks in here, um, you know, do you think the nerve damage is going to hold, uh, Marco Gonzalez back from eating any innings? I don't know. I haven't looked at the medicals. So, uh, by all accounts, he's on a normal off season workout program. So you would hope that he's ready to go and he's hundred percent for, uh, for spring training, uh, in, in the 2024 season. The other thing, too, is just the way that this roster is shaping up. You you may not need you may not need him to go a full season, right? Like the, the Pirates theoretically, and you can't really count on on theoreticals all the time. Right. But come midseason, you hope that they are going to have some reinforcements to that pitching rotation. You know, you, you hope that Jared Jones is ready. You hope that Paul Skeens is ready. Uh, you hope that JT Brubaker is back. You hope that Mike Burroughs is back. Right. So you've got 
you know, a lot of arms that are there kind of waiting in the wings in case you need them. Um, I mean, who knows? Skeens, I, I doubt he starts starts opening day, but uh, like you're, you're looking at – you've got a lot of people there to help finish the season. What the Pirates really need right now are guys to start the season, uh, and Marco Gonzalez looks like he can be one of those guys. And, Neil, talking to you, buddy. Like, this is the way I look at it. A $3 million risk is what you're looking at for Marco Gonzalez. I, again, like I take that every day. It's $3 million for that risk. If he doesn't finish the season, like it's still a win. Like we talk about like if you want to go dollars per war, that type of thing. Like he needs to provide you a quarter war for him to get that contract. You know what I mean? So like I'm going to take that risk all day long. Again, that's why I look at this trade. It's a good trade. There's, there's upside in there. I can't tell you if that nerve damage is going to hold up and it's going to hinder him. But what you've heard so far is things are like boxes are being checked. Yeah. I think, so, if, uh, I think if he can start 10 games, he's worth the contract. Right. Uh, and if he, right. if he, anything over that is just, it's gravy. And again, like that's what we come to. Like the pirates are, they're in a bad situation. Like no matter how you look at it, they're in a bad situation. They have Mitch Keller. You have to find ways. So, like, things are still going to have to work out right for them. But, like, try to get yourself as much pitching as possible. So, Marco Gonzalez, under $3 million. He's one of them. Keep adding, keep adding, keep adding. You know, like Jim said, Skeen, Jones, Brubaker, Burroughs. Like, there's some reinforcements coming. You can't bank on them. But, like, if one of the four gives you something afterwards, then, like, you're seeing something brew here, seeing something like they could compete. They just have to make sure they keep adding and they don't just completely settle on these types. Like you still want to see like an Eduardo, right? Something out there that you can maybe bank on more than, you know, Marco, but again. And I, I think a, um, and just to kind of piggyback on that, I think another thing that's kind of missing from this conversation is Marco Gonzalez also has an option for next year. So like if Marco Gonzalez comes in and he pitches well, the Pirates can pick him up for 2024, 2025 at, at $15 million, which judging the, the free agent market right now, if Margo Gonzalez puts together basically a full season of fine baseball, he's going to be worth $15 million next year. So the Pirates not only are solving a problem for this year, but if it works out and he's able to regain that form that he had prior to 2023, you're looking at another arm for your 2025 rotation, you know, at, at $15 million. Or, and Jim, you look at that sense, which it could be true, but realistically thinking $15 million, Pirates, if these reinforcements come back, I know you're smiling and I get it, but like, think about this. Mitch is there, right? Oviedo does come back. You still have Brubaker. Skeens is Skeens. Jones is Jones. Maybe someone else figures out. If you have an Eduardo Rodriguez, like he's still there. Not only is this like potentially comes back, but like they can recruit value. If he does what he wants to do, there's a potential they could trade him next year. Make like they could get back more than they gave up to get him. And because again, like you can't bank on it, but they could be in a situation next year where they're fine with pitching, which is fine. That's good. And they could maybe trade him, get something else, and pivot from there. So, yeah. like again, like that's why I like the deal too, because you mentioned the option. They give them options for next year, how they want to utilize them. Is he going to be part of the rotation, or is he going to be a, a piece to give them something else, you know, where they might need? 
yeah, a lot, a lot of possibilities you can take from here. Um, we got a comment here too. Sign in Wardo Rodriguez, trade for Edward Cabrera. Uh, the, the Marlins definitely are shopping some of their pitchers around. We, uh, we mentioned on Monday that by all accounts, the Pirates are really looking at the trade market yeah. to, to, to better their team. Uh, like I said, they're going to they're gonna dangle around free agency a little bit, but for the most part, they're looking at trades. You saw them add the Mar- Marco Gonzalez trade. Um, my guess is that they're not done trading, um, and, and I, I'm sure they've at least had some sort of talks with the Marlins sometime this week. If the Marlins are dangling three starting pitchers you know, out there, Pirates, obviously, you do the math. They need starting pitching. I'm sure they've been in contact. Uh, Edward Cabrera, definitely somebody that – that I'd be interested in adding for sure. So, yeah, uh, I, I would I would sign if you sign Eduardo Rodriguez and trade for Edward Cabrera. That's a pretty good offseason. I I would I would commend Ben Charrington for that uh, for that that uh, those moves to address the pitching rotation. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's like the one thing about the Pirates, like in this unique situation they're in, what we're hearing is trade, trade, trade. So. It only makes sense to like trade for someone who has like one year left that you don't have to give a whole lot, a lot of assets for to solve this year because you feel comfortable in the future, right? Like Oviedo coming back, Skeens will be there for sure next year, right? Um, and, and such. So like, like a one year deal or something more long term. And the reason I say that is like, yeah, the Pirates don't seem to be in on Dylan Cease. Um, I would like them to, right? But like, it's just two years. So maybe like Edward, like Edward Cabrera makes more sense, a little more control. Like if you're going to give up assets, I want them here. Right. Right. So like maybe that's why they're not focused on that, but they're focused maybe more on the Marlins stuff. But I'm with you. It sounds to be more of we're going to build through trade. And, hey, you know what? This is why you had 5,000 middle infield prospects. <laughs> They've got plenty. Right. To, this is to why you have the roster crunch and the 40-man and such. Like you've, you've created this plethora of prospect capital it's time to cash it in me so you know i don't know what they'll use what they'll have to give up to do such but um i certainly see like the marlins make a whole lot of sense yeah yeah no definitely i i think they're uh they're not done yet they 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 had a lot of talks i'm sure this week um it'll be interesting to see how they how they continue to address this rotation uh they, they 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 still need somebody at first base um, we'll, we'll talk about they did acquire someone in the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft, but let's be real. <laughs> Cheers, Jim. <laughs> let's be real. If you are looking to compete in 2024, Seth Beer, probably <laughs> not your guy. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, let's let's kind of talk about that. So minor league Rule 5 phase, they didn't take anyone in the major league portion um, and, and kind of going into the draft, heard some rumblings that, uh, you know, that – that you know the pirates were were going to pick a guy, and then that person was likely going to be the player to be named later in the Braves trade. Um, but but with that, uh, I'm assuming that player got picked ahead of time. So the pirates ended up passing in the roll five phase, which probably means you're looking at cash considerations going back to the Braves. Ethan did some good work there. That um, you know, hundred thousand dollars is is pretty much the max there. So again. Not a whole lot there in terms of value going back to the Braves for, for Marco Gonzalez. You didn't really give up a whole lot. Uh, but Rule 5 phase, uh, Major League portion, no one acquired. Kind of an overall quiet Rule 5 draft anyways. Yeah. There were only 10 people taken overall. 
no one from the Pirates were ta- uh, were taken. So, you know, we, we had a lot of discussions about Chase Bowen and Matt Gorski and Malcolm Nunez, some guys who were left off. Well, think about that. Let's rewind back a month when it was like, who do the Pirates need to protect? Oh, my God, they need to protect, 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 protect. We can't lose these guys. And it's like, relax. They're probably not getting selected anyways, and today proved it. Because, I mean, this was like a very underwhelming Rule 5 draft, it seemed. And it showed because not a whole lot were selected. But, but yes, Jim, Pirates didn't lose anyone. Jace Bowen's still there. Matt Gorski's still there, right? Jace Bowen's still there. Uh, the Yankees, probably the biggest uh, victims in the Rule 5 draft. They lost three guys uh, in the Major League phase. Um, minor League phase, though, uh, Pirates did end up losing um, – Really, the big name there, Dario Lopez, mm-hmm. uh, big big name that they that they lost, top twenty prospect according to most people. He missed almost all of last season. You you like the power, um, but we also found out today that you know that that procedure he had on his knee, there were some complications to it. So a little bit of uncertainty around his health going into twenty twenty four, which probably the reason why he was left off the the minor league protected list. Because uh, the Pirates obviously had some room there. They did pick some guys in the draft. Um, but, yeah, Dario Lopez, uh, taken in the minor league phase, was not expecting that. I wasn't. So it's one of those things like, no, I wasn't expecting it, right? Um, I guess, like, I look at this again. You know, I know there's a lot of people that seem, like, upset about it. Like, livid, right? Dario Lopez taken. Oh, my God, what's going on? Like, end of the world type stuff. If you're an organization that loses Dario Lopez and it's the end of the world, shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's one of the things. We talk about the Yankees got picked off three guys. Do you think Yankees fans care? They're getting one soda, right? Like, Dario Lopez was intriguing. He's still a prospect. He's outside the top ten. You know, like, how many top five prospects don't even hit and make it in the majors? If you're losing a Dario Lopez, like, sure, it wasn't expected. I'd rather him be here than not here, right? But losing him is not the end of the world. And now as you see this, it seems like there's probably more complications. We're not privy to that information. You know, the, the Pirates, let him be available. They probably weren't too comfortable with it either and said, you know what, if it happens, it happens. Uh, and that's just how I am with it. You know, like, no, it wasn't expected, but I'm not going to spend too much more time on this. This is it. It's time to move forward. You lost Dario Lopez. Okay. If the Pirates didn't protect Dario Lopez in the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft, I'm not all that concerned. Can I say something again? The second round of, like, he was available to every team to pick. If he was that highly touted and like, oh, my God, I can't believe the Pirates made this mistake, why would it take to the second round of the minor league portion of the Rule 5 for him to even get taken? That that you is a good point. I mean? Maybe for twenty five thousand dollars, any team could have had Dario Lopez, and every single team passed once. Like that speaks more to me than, oh my God, he's the sixteenth prospect according to pipeline. Every GM said, mm, "We'll wait," or we, yeah. they just completely passed and said, "We don't take him at all." You know, so like that's why I'm not too worried. Internally, like we value pirate stuff so much, whatever. But like when externally, other GMs are like, "Eh." Maybe second round, I'll take a flyer on him. That says to me, like, okay, around the league, he wasn't valued that high either. No, that's a good point. Good point. Um, 
As far as players acquired, we already mentioned him a little bit earlier, Seth Beer, um, former first-round pick, uh, power-hitting first baseman. The problem with Seth Beer is he's now uh, 27 seven years old. Uh, he, he really just has never been able to pan out. And that power that we've seen in the minor leagues, the power that, we, that, that made him a first-round pick uh, that he had in college, it just hasn't tra- translated to major league success. It hasn't translated to to success in the high levels of the minors either. Um, you know, back to back, and we're meh, talking PCL <laughs> meh performances, right? Uh, in AAA, I mean, he was in. He played mo- the majority of last season in AA as a 26 year old. Um, I can't imagine Seth Beer has a realistic shot of being this team's first baseman, and the problem is he better not. Actually, because if Seth Beer is given a legitimate chance to win this first base job, the Pirates have a lot of problems. You didn't do your job this offseason. No, no, no. So uh, he's he's minor league depth. You know, Mason Martin is minor league free agent, no longer in the organization. Look at if, – if you have any aspirations for Seth Beer, just get him out of your mind right now. Um, he, is, he is a Mason Martin replacement. He shouldn't step foot outside of Victory Field, I would imagine, unless uh, I mean, unless something just completely clicks for him. Which it, like I said, he's he's been a pro now for for seven years, six right, years, right. and he hasn't figured it out yet. Yeah, like it just is what it is. It's a name. Like, it's funny because like it's a name I think a lot of people are familiar with. Like he was a top prospect. He was a first rounder. Yeah. By the way, Charrington, check, check. <laughs> like that's a Charrington guy. Yep. Right. But again, like this thing, it's a minor league rule five. You, you add him, whatever. But the thing is, like, you don't add him with the anticipation of, hey, we need help at first base. Maybe Seth Beer can be that. You add him of, like, hey, Seth Beer's available. He was a first rounder. Doesn't cost us any but $25,000. You know what? Let's add him. Mason Martin's a free agent, like you mentioned. Let's just go ahead and add him, get in our depth, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you don't make this move saying, oh, First base, we're good. He kind of reminds me of Jeff Clement, like former good former first rounder, top prospect, you know, hit in the minors, uh, but then just never figured out in the majors. Hopefully the Pirates aren't giving Seth Beer the same amount of opportunities that they gave Jeff Clement. They're in a yeah. little bit different spot right now than they were back then, but uh, that's that's kind of the first name that pops into my head. Now, what I'll say, I think it was Jeff Nola who said this on Twitter was like, he shouldn't be anywhere near PNC Park playing. But maybe his role is to have the icy lights ready for David Bednar. Keep him coming. Keep David Bednar happy. Like, that's his role for this organization. And you know, for $25,000, well worth it. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I, you know what? I don't even want to entertain a joke. <laughs> that Seth Beer should be on this major league team because it shouldn't happen. Um, the Pirates already have one too many <laughs> minor league rule five picks on their 40 man roster. Sure. So let's sure. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's move on. Um, Seth Beer was actually their second pick though, in the minor league rule five draft. Um, another guy. And I don't even know if I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this name so bad. A uh, 26 year old reliever, Phineas Delbonta Smith. I think Phineas Delbonta Smith. Um, 22nd round pick of the Rockies in 2019. 
he was selected as the first round pick in the minor league rule phase, uh, minor league rule five draft. Um, double A reliever. He, he pitched pretty terribly last year in double A. <laughs> so I don't really understand this. I wouldn't pay $24,000, $25,000 for this dude, but you know, it's a, it's a minor league depth arm signing. I have nothing else to say about this dude. Listen, Jim, first off, let's put it this way. He comes from Colorado. If you think the Pirates are a bad organization, Colorado's terrible. I'm looking around because we're at the winter meetings. And I don't know who's around me. There probably could be some Colorado. Uh, Does Colorado even have a general <laughs> manager? They might not even be yeah. here. <laughs> but no, was that Clint Hurdle? He's been walking around in Colorado. That, that's Rockies. true. Yeah. But, like, listen, Colorado can't figure things out. If you think the Pirates can't figure things out, Colorado can't either. So, all I'm saying, I'm not trying to prop this guy up, but it is just $25,000. Maybe there's something that the Pirates like, you know, and they, he could just be depth, whatever. Again, you're not making this move to say, hey, we've solved the bullpen, but maybe you saw something in there that you like. Marine says, you know, this week, that week, maybe it's add some depth. And again, it's $25,000. You are a professional baseball team, a major league baseball. Like $25,000 is nothing. So, whatever. Yeah. My biggest takeaway, they got two elite names. I mean, Phineas and Seth Beer. That's true. Like, That's true. I would do this just for the lulls. <laughs> for $50,000, just say you have a Phineas and a beer, I would do it. Throw, give me some beers to throw back. I'm at the MLB Rule 5 minor league portion of the draft. As long as they're you know like, what? I want that guy. Watch me. You know what? We were in on Eduardo Rodriguez. We were just $50,000 short. <laughs> <laughs> like, as long as that doesn't happen, right? Sure. Whatever, right? Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So like minor league, rule five, major league rule five. That ended. Marco Gonzalez is there. Um, I mean, what else do you want to talk about with this team right now? Uh, so Travis Williams was made available for the media today. Um, John Prado talked about it in our day three recap. That'll be up later here tonight. Uh, but uh, sounds like a couple things. John uh, Jason Mackey tweeted out patches on the jerseys potentially next season so we're gonna have to do some fun uh contests as far as like who is that patch gonna be it's us it could be north Shore wait nine. am i getting fined for saying it that could be north Shore Shit. nine um i'm thinking like i'm thinking like it's got to be like edgar schneider like maybe <laughs> you have like an edgar schneider patch right here could you imagine edgar schneider we don't get paid unless we get money for you. Base, I'll tell you this much. For all the commercials we find, it's going to be some lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Mike's beer. Mike's yeah. Beer. Mike's beer guard. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, steak on a stone. <laughs> steak on a stone patch right here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, that was news. The Pirates are one of the only teams really that haven't done that yet. Let, let's real briefly talk about that. Yeah. Like if there was a team that's going to capitalize this on day one, it wasn't the Pirates. The Yankees got a pass before the pot. Think like, yeah. think about it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the Yankees iconic franchise that, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of teams that have done it. A lot of teams in the, uh, in the division that have already moved to that. So not really a surprise move that the pirates are going to do it. Um, I'm not really all that interested in who it is, uh, but. Oh, I, sure I, we'll I find am. Out. Like, I'm, I'm, sure we'll I'm find interested out. because I want to know where this is going. Yeah. Um, another thing that came out of the Travis Williams talks, though, is they do anticipate to have 
some sort of decision as far as a uh, network by the end of the year. So we're, we got three more weeks left basically in the year. Right. Um, we should know by January as far as if, uh, you know, are the Pirates going to be on Pittsburgh Sportsnet? Are they going to go through MLB? Um, they're anticipating that that decision to be done by the end of the year. Which I think is great. I mean, there's a lot of people that are wondering, like, if this is holding up stuff, you know, free agency because of money stuff, which it could, of course, right? But, like, just just to finally know what direction they're going, how this resolved. I know a lot of people are asking and questioning this. So it's coming. Like, it's nice to know that they've, if anything in this world that's been definitive, right? Because we know when Terrigan speaks, you don't know what happened, what's said. The one definitive thing is by the end of this year, there is a number, there's a cutoff date. We'll know about that. So we're coming in 2024 to know what direction they're going, maybe see what's going to happen. Um, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. You know, it's like yeah. the most non-baseball relevant thing. I think that's a lot of on a lot of people's minds. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, Pirate Fest 2 tickets went on sale this week. So um, 16,000 tickets already sold for Pirate Fest. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Pirate Fest fan. I mean, back when I lived in Pittsburgh, I went every year. I thought it was thought it was always enjoyable. So it's back at the convention center after a four-year hiatus. Jeez, yeah. It's been um, four years, huh? Yeah, four-year hiatus with Pirate Fest. So um, we won't make it up there, I don't believe. I won't, I won't be there. Uh, but if you can make it out to Pirate Fest, I'm sure it'll be a good time. Yeah. But again, like, finally a W. I don't understand why they didn't bring it back. Deep down, I think I know why. But regardless, like, it was a big missed opportunity. And I think this is proving it. You know, like, fans want to – there's a lot of Pirate fans. No matter, like, this franchise has been kind of a mess for quite some time, right? Uh, they're still here. They're still here. They want to do these things. So, like, the fact that you haven't had this, like, I don't understand why they, they didn't do it. It's a complete missed opportunity. I'm glad it's back. The fans are showing, like, hey, we want it. We're going to come out. Um, so, so good on them. Yeah, I mean, as far as uh, as far as all the Travis Williams stuff today, I, mean, I think the biggest shock to me is like, is this the first time Travis Williams has ever talked where like he hasn't said something just absolutely stupid? I assume I'll say like, this: like I wasn't there to hear, but all the stuff over here, like we haven't heard what stupid stuff he said. Yeah, that's so. true. I know that's true. He could have said something really stupid that just hasn't come out yet, but. Based off of everything that you know, um, that the reporters who did talk to him say, um, no stupid things out of Travis Williams' mouth today. So that hey, maybe maybe that's a step in the right direction for this organization. Moving on up, yeah. So good on them. Um, outside of that, right? Like, doesn't seem to be a whole lot going on. Uh, again, there's not a whole lot going around MLB, but uh, I was afraid that we were going to come in here. The only thing we we're going to talk about was the Rule Five draft, uh, and that didn't happen. Like there was more that took place. Kudos to that. Cody has a weird face on him right now. I don't. Nothing to do with baseball. Okay. I, I thought maybe. Yeah, nothing to do with baseball. <laughs> I felt like Otani signed with Pittsburgh the way his look, you know, his face looked. Um. Yeah. So like again, yeah. like Jim, like more happened. I'm grateful that like at least that happened so far. Yeah, um, some some quick breaking news. Uh, John Morosi, who we we were just standing next to like an hour ago, um, Eduardo Rodriguez and the Arizona Diamondbacks have advanced discussions about a multi-year contract deal. Is not finalized, 
but the NL champions are among the finalists to sign him. I think the only thing that I can say about that is if the Arizona Diamondbacks are making a, a strong play for Eduardo Rodriguez, then that means that the Pittsburgh Pirates should also be able to do the same thing. Like the Diamondbacks are by no means a, a large market team with a ton of money to spend. They did go to the World Series, so I'm sure they've got some extra playoff revenue sure. there to play with. But um, that's, that, that is by no means is Arizona a franchise that you shouldn't be able to compete with when it comes to free agents. Right. You know, there were reports that it was coming down to two teams. Uh, now here we're OC that they're advancing with the Diamondbacks. It's kind of disappointing. And again, like I know we've been, not say pound the table, but that's certainly been a free agent that we've been like zoning in on. Like it just makes a lot of sense. Lefty, what he is, what this team needs, the, the money. Like, it's it's going to be more. Hey, it would be the biggest free agent contract the Pirates sign. But again, we're talking about what maybe eighty million dollars is the largest ever. You got to break thirty-nine million dollars sometime, Jim, right? And like, what better time than the year that you're supposed to step on the accelerator, supposed to say we're going to try to compete, and you have now two starters in the rotation. Like, this is the year you make that move. You kind of have to. So yeah, it's a little disappointing to see that it's probably not going to be the Pirates. Sounds like it's maybe leaning towards the Diamondbacks. Um, yeah, that, that, that's yeah, all I, mean, I guess. And and don't get me wrong, I wasn't expecting the Pirates to sign Eduardo Rodriguez. It's just some. It's just like they've got to make a move. They've got to sign one of these good pitchers. You can't just rely on bounce back candidates and and, and reclamation projects. You can't do it. You you need you need at least right. one more sure thing. And he he was one of the few sure things still out there, and he still is. It's just as Arizona is one of the finalists, so. So who knows what's going to happen there. But um, as far as all of the Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, rumors that we've been hearing, the Pirates haven't been linked to him at all. Well, who um, have they been linked to? The Pirates haven't been linked to anybody. <laughs> right. They've been linked to Flaherty if he doesn't get anything that he wants. <laughs> right. right. Um, but no, and honestly, like, and, and John actually even said it to us behind the scenes, but like the Pirates weren't linked to Marco. And anyway. like the Pirates have been notoriously secret, quiet about everything. So like, Theoretically, they could still be in it. We just don't know because you just won't know. Uh, but, yeah, like, I want to say this, too. Like, I know we didn't expect him. That's kind of the thing we've been conditioned to. Like, you just don't expect these things to happen. There's got to be a time where you have to start expecting this stuff. You need to start winning. You need to start competing. You need to get past the rebuild and look forward to say we're going to be a good team. So, like, this is the year to start expecting this type of stuff. When you have four guys in rotation – and you want to look at a bounce-back candidate and you get a couple of them, fine. But like like you're saying, Jim, you can't load a rotation of four guys that are bounce-back candidates in Mitch Keller because two out of them four ain't going to bounce back. So so where are you at now? You know, so like that's that's why like there was a need for an Eduardo type. Now at least you have Mitch. At least you have Eduardo. Maybe you start piecing some other stuff with bounce-backs maybe a little less risk, right? But, like, there's two guys that you can actually count on. Yeah, so, so I mean, if you're looking now, let, let's just assume, if we just assume that uh, that Eduardo Rodriguez is no longer on the board, you know, when it comes to those free agents, those starting pitchers who are available, Jordan Montgomery – Blake Snell, Blake Snell's probably not going to happen. Jordan Montgomery is going to cost just about the same as Rodriguez. 
if not um, more at this point in time. And then you're getting into like Seth Lugo, Marcus Stroman territory. Seth Lugo is a name that I've been, you know, talking about for a while. I wouldn't mind seeing that. No. Um, but then after those guys, you know, Michael Waka, Stroman, Lugo, those are your next, those are kind of your next three guys. And they all come with the risk. Like, and that's what costs a little bit less money. Right. But like Eduardo Rodriguez seemed, I don't ever want to say a sure thing, but I feel good. Seth Lugo, we added some, but there's still a little bit of uneasiness with him. Stroman, you know, he's been fantastic. And again, like, even though we're blocked, we love Stroman. <laughs> I love Marcus Stroman. Love Stroman. But there's, there's starts to me, there starts to begin a worry at this. I don't want to say advanced age, but like, he is only like five foot seven. You know, he has a lot of innings. He's when I worry a little bit about like a long term deal. So pay a little bit more to get it, whatever you guys not have to worry about that. Right. So yeah. that's the thing. Like some of these pitchers have a little more warts than you'd want to be comfortable with in Eduardo Rodriguez, but right. Like that, this is it now. This is what you're pretty much left with where you feel comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, unless, unless they're going to make another trade for, for one of those quote unquote sure things, um, they're, they're running out of names in the free agency market. Uh, and at some point, if this team wants to be serious about 2024, they're, they're going to have to acquire a reliable number two behind this help. Right. Yep. So, outside of that, Jim, um, anything else we want to talk about? I got nothing else. Um, again, it's been, it's been a really fun week here. Uh, just, just being able to see all, all of, uh, all, and, you know, everybody in the baseball industry all in one spot. It's, it's been really neat. Uh, I'm, you know, kind of, kind of bummed out that it's pretty much over. I know a lot of the Pirates contingency, they've already left for the week. There's still some, some people here, but I know a lot of the main guys, uh, they, they, they hopped on a plane tonight to go back home. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's been fun. It's been a fun week. Yeah, I mean, I guess just to recap our trip, like, it's been an awesome time. Definitely met some people. There's now even more things in the works, it sounds like, coming yeah. up, coming and such, and so that's awesome. But um, I'm, I'm really excited for the offseason. We got we can provide you guys that's coming up. I'm excited for the offseason and the, coming the next year and such. It's This is really awesome. I'm excited trip. for the uh, – we, we went to uh, – we had some Nashville hot chicken today. I'm excited for that video. Um, there's now going to be a video on the internet of me like sweating, face red, crying while eating uh, while eating chicken. So that'll be, I'm sure that'll be that'll be fun. You were so weak, Jim. That chicken was hot. Not as weak as Cody. Though. <laughs> that chicken. Not yeah, as weak as Cody. True. Cody, who's been honestly, let me brag on Cody for a little bit. He's been outstanding this whole week. Just kind of the the man behind the camera. He's he's done a great job. But um, Cody. Cody couldn't even make it to the last piece of chicken. <laughs> he he tapped out. Um, he, he was having a rough go of it. I at least finished all six flavors. You did. Now you, you were just it sitting is. there like nothing happened. I don't know how. Um, I don't get it. It, it hit me afterwards. Man. Like I said, the last one hit me yeah. afterwards. It was hot. But yeah, you you were red. Cody didn't make it. But I'll say yeah. this. Like, it was great content. But the food there was... So good. It was good. Like was shout good. out to Hattie yeah. Like it was so good. It was really good. Um, um, and I do want to say too, like Cody, I know you're on the camera right now. Awesome job. Appreciate everything you've done. Yeah, he's done a great job. Great job. Um, 
but no, yeah, excited. We, we, we've got a lot of stuff still that, that we've recorded that we haven't, you know, edited and put together. So um, excited for some stuff to, uh, to come out over the, the next week or so. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a good time. There it is. So I guess we can wrap this up. Um, next on-site, Bradenton once again. That's the gym. That's like in two months. Yeah, so uh, spring training, I guess, 2024 Wait, that's, that's spring coming, training. Right. Next time we'll get We're together. almost there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, hey, I guess let's get out of here. Does that sound good to you? Let's do it. With two boats, Cody, two boats past us. That was it. Only two boats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do we want to take a boat ride? <laughs> I don't want to. Do I'm not taking a boat ride. I'm not taking a boat ride. It's $23 as, to ride this as, boat. I'm not paying the, $23 just ride around this place in a boat. Oh, I say on their boat. Yeah. We were going to sneak in the canoe. We could probably sneak in a canoe and just dump it in right here behind us. <laughs> so stay tuned yeah. to the live <laughs> canoe ride as we get escorted out of the uh, hotel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the police. Yeah. But no, let's definitely get out of here. Once again, appreciate everyone for following along. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. See you guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks. Oh, 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 oh